Welcome to the Missouri Audio Project. I'm Yulia Shukis. Today, a conversation with essayist and Ball State University professor Silas Hansen. We talk about writing, editing, hermit crabs, and the human body. I teach the writing of creative nonfiction, just as Silas does. We nonfiction writers mine our own lives for literature. As essayists, we observe both ourselves and the world around us. Writing essays can be a powerful way of thinking your way through life. You start with a question and you write your way to the answer. You also write your way to a new and usually better version of yourself. Here's what I mean. Next week, for my writer's workshop, I'm going to bring a pile of scissors and tape to class. I'll ask my students to take a draft of a text whose form feels wrong and to restructure it radically. They'll take it apart, shuffle the components, and then put it back together in a way that works better. There will, of course, be pieces that fall away, which is natural in the editing process. The content is the same, or it will be the same, but the form will be different. I was sitting in class one day, and we started talking about trans people, and I was like, holy shit, like, I, that's me. Like, that's how I've always felt. Um, but it was a really long time before I felt like I could actually admit that to anybody, including myself. Um, like, I, I was sitting there, and I thought it, and then I, like, immediately just didn't think about it again for, like, a year. Um, and then I started writing essays. In his 2013 essay called Blank Slate, Silas wrote about choosing a new name. In it, he recounts how the name Silas, S-I-L-A-S, is more or less of an anagram, give or take two letters, of his birth name Lindsay. The essay is incredibly frank and honest, and it ventures into territory that is oftentimes off-limits, in that it thinks out loud about what shedding a feminine name for a masculine one might mean. Like right now I'm writing about football and it was going to be just an essay about football and now it's all about being trans and loving football and how this is like a thing that I wasn't really into until a couple years into my transition and why is that and how is it that my transition um, complicates the relationships I have with other men when we talk about football. I was sitting at the table with six other men drinking a bourbon and talking about the Bills last game. And then I realized that only a handful of people in the room knew that I was transgender. I sported the hint of a beard. I knew just what to complain about in the Bills' performance. The ineffective offensive line, the inconsistent quarterback. I was just Silas, a guy in his 20s. I was feeling, for the first time in my hometown, comfortable with my identity, like I belonged there. I was able, for a moment, to just exist. I do a lot with what they call hermit crab essays. I really like these because when I'm not sure how to get at some material, I start with the structure instead of the content. The term hermit crab essay comes from a well-known writing textbook called Tell It Slant by Brenda Miller and Suzanne Paula. Miller explains that hermit crab essays adopt already existing forms as the container for the writing at hand, like the essay in the form of a to-do list, for example, or a field guide or a recipe. I have one friend who published an essay in the form of an exam, and another came up with one in the form of an eBay auction. Silas, for his part, chose the form of an online dating profile for one of his Kermit Crab essays. Like, for example, I was writing one, and I was trying to write about um, dating as a trans man, and I didn't know really how to start with it. And so I um, started with the OkCupid profile, and I decided to kind of annotate it and talk about the things that I didn't say in my profile. 
Every other Thursday, I get 200 milligrams of testosterone injected into my ass. I stand in the doctor's office, the smell of antiseptic surrounding me, the air cold when I drop my pants at the nurse's instructions. I close my eyes, take my weight off my right foot, always my right, when they inject. I feel the warmth spread slowly through my body, still unsure if it's the hormones or adrenaline or fear. Okay, so hermit crabs are creatures that are born without shells. They have to go out into the world and find a home, find a shell, find a container. Once the crab outgrows its container, it has to find a new one. As they change their shells, or containers though, the content remains the same. Crabs are still crabs. I think my parents realized relatively quickly that like I was still the same person. Like I, I think because I'd been kind of hiding it from them for so long, they already knew who I was. Um, it just suddenly was like, oh wait, now I understand all of these things that have been happening. Different container, same content. As Silas and I were talking, I couldn't imagine how tiresome it must get continually to be asked to return to this question of identity and of how to think about form versus content. When are you done? Is it ever possible to say, there, I've transitioned, it's finished? I kind of always have to come out, like I had to come out to somebody like a week ago, and it's, it's one of those things like, I have a beard, like I've been on testosterone for four years, like do I really have to keep doing this, but I do. I would love to be done writing about it eventually, um, but I think it's something that's always, because it colors the way I view the world. As it turns out, form does matter. Form, our bodies, our skin color, our gender, our parental status, our abilities and disabilities, our beauty or lack thereof, all of it matters. Not only does it color the way the world sees us, but it determines, at least to a certain extent, how we see the world. If you search for photos of hermit crabs, you'll find images of these creatures walking along the beach, armored in tiny teapots, broken bottlenecks, and pieces of plumbing that I suppose have broken off ships. What's the lesson of the hermit crab in this story? Maybe it's that our shells change, sometimes because we shed one for another by choice. Sometimes the changes are more violent. Our shells are lost, stolen, broken, or violated. I asked Silas about the kinds of intrusive questions that people sometimes felt they had the right to ask, about surgeries, for example. It's like your body becomes public domain because you share this one aspect of it. The other thing I would say is I think, you know, the, the emphasis on surgery kind of implies that you're not really the gender that you identify as until you've had surgery. And, you know, I kind of dare any like the thing is, like, if I'm in Walmart or Target or anything like that, somebody walks past me, they don't know. They don't know that I haven't had surgery. So I don't care. I don't understand what it like why it matters to somebody else. You know what I mean? Like it shouldn't matter. And I'm still the same person. You know, that's nobody, like, why does it matter to you? Like, you don't have any interaction with that part of my body, so none of your business, basically, so. As I listen to Silas describe the ways in which the world claims his and other trans bodies, the way it asserts the right to comment upon it, I remembered how my own body had suddenly become public property in unanticipated ways when I became pregnant. For example, a stranger once touched my belly at the airport totally without warning, or an invitation to do so. The gesture shocked me and left me speechless. I felt violated. A few months later, I shed that belly and changed my shell once the baby was born. I changed again once I turned 40 and will do so again 
when I hit menopause, and so on, and so on. So maybe there's a sense in which we're all hermit crabs. Maybe the point is always to find the right form for the moment at hand. The trick, I guess, is to walk a path with honesty and integrity, and not to mourn the shells we outgrow, at least not too much. The trick is to draw a line in the sand and to learn to say, my body is none of your business, when that seems appropriate. The final trick, and perhaps the most important one, is to help protect the bodies of our friends when the world starts intruding on them in unwelcome ways. You've been listening to a conversation with essayist Silas Hansen. We talked in October 2015. To learn more about Silas and read his work, visit silashansen.com. This is the Missouri Audio Project. I'm Yulia Shokis at the University of Missouri. An MAP production based in Columbia, Missouri, supported by KBIA.